Blog Talk Radio. If you feel insignificant, you better think again. Better wake up because you're part of something way bigger. You're part of something way bigger. Not just a speck in the universe. Not just some words in the Bible verse. You are the living word. Ah, you're part of something way bigger. Bigger than you. Bigger than we. Bigger than the picture they framed us to see. But now we see it. And it ain't no secret. No. Understand the truth about that question in your soul Look up, don't look down, then watch the answers unfold Life is your birthright, say he's dead in the fine print uh, Take the pen and rewrite it Step out your estimate Step in your essence and know that you're excellent right Spirit is teaching, no, I'm not just preaching I'm taking my own advice Let mama let you know Mama still trying, I can't get no days off I don't get no days off, truly I'm feeling it I had to say that thing twice Trying to be a good wife Still really hard, I can't lie But I promise you I will fight So I fight If you're feeling frustrated You're thinking I'm jumping it Forgiveness is key because we're fighting something way bigger You never lose, we are winners I'll be the roots, you'll be the tree on the fruit that was given to me Legacy uh-huh. We're part of something way bigger Bigger You're part of something way bigger Bigger than you, bigger than we Bigger than the picture they framed us to see Legacy oh. You're part of something way bigger let love be the water I pour into you and you pour into me There ain't no drought here Blooming throughout actual power I'll be a sanctuary You just don't know it yet You just don't know it yet No matter how hard it gets You got my blood in you You're gonna run Welcome to Healing Paradigms Presents. 
And tonight we are going to talk about taking ownership of your godhood. But before we do that, we're going to go ahead and get ourselves prayed in, and we will be right back.
back and tonight we are going to talk about taking ownership of your godhood so one of the reasons why I decided to do a talk about this is because recently I had talked to um, the spiritual master that I follow and I my the way that I interface with nature was going through a change. Um, I had found that um, insects were responding to me differently. Like for instance, um, I recall one time I was taking uh, a beetle out of the vehicle and. Um, because he was about to get himself into trouble and I put him on a piece of paper and then I told him that he could go on and fly fly off and, and as soon as I said that he flew away uh, another time another bug had gotten onto the windshield and we were about to get onto the freeway 
and the bugs seem to be relatively content to just <laughs> sit there on the windshield. And I kind of let the bug know. I was like, you know, you need to get going because uh, you, you need to get going. You need to fly off now um, because I we were about to get into a position where uh, the the bug would be knocked off. Now, <laughs> for for me, this was relatively. Um, it, it was very. It's different than what I would normally have done. However, um, because of this, the insects seeming to listen to what I was saying, I, I asked, um, I asked him, you know, was it because of the spiritual prayers that I've been doing, the Anabakoa and the Yusnisa Vajaya Durrani, that I was interfacing with nature differently? And he, he said, of course, yes, that and that I had actually activated something within myself and that the bugs themselves actually saw me as a god, that they were attracted to the light in me. And um, that's not to kill them. <laughs> so... Uh, you know that there was a little bit, there's a little bit more to the conversation because uh, you know i mosquitoes tend to like to bite you and and i, I didn't like getting bit anyway that aside what happened was i i really kind of sat there and thought about that so we as human beings, interestingly enough, there are beings that are seen and unseen that that view us as gods and that and that, you know, because of maybe our lack of awareness of who we are, that we neglect those things that we we neglect our responsibilities and the things that are sort of more or less what I would call required of us um, because we're not aware of who it is that we are. But when you start in a place of being I guess you could say um, more spiritually mature there are responsibilities that are that are yours to take care of. When it, especially when you have an idea that is going that could be of service to humanity that there is a responsibility within you there is a responsibility that you need to take hold of and to make a decision about whether or not you are going to move forward with it because you are part of the program, you are part of 
bringing forth your gifts and your talents so that so that you have a ripple effect in the universal uh, field to bring about the change that you are here to you are here and designed to take place and have so that uh, so that you know that it makes everything better and and I'm talking I mean I'm I'm talking about that's just on this physical level this 3D level that we're experiencing but one of the other things that is a spiritual responsibility of ours is for the unseen forces and on the unseen world, there are our relatives quite possibly could be in a place of not necessarily being in the good place. And because they are not in the good place, it is also sort of incumbent upon the person who is um, alive in, in this physical world to actually take care of the responsibilities of it, um, that we're supposed to take care of. In other cultures, they actually do this sort of on a consistent basis um, with having food offerings, um, uh, with offering prayers to their ancestors for who, who may not necessarily um, be in the good place. And as a result of that, they are able to, the ancestors are able to assist you in the physical field. But I do recall one time that Master Gibson had shared with us that in actuality, your ancestors actually view you as a god. That because we are actually in a higher dimension than those that our ancestors may be in, that as a result of that, um, you know, when we offer prayers to our ancestors and when we offer food to our ancestors, we are actually answering the prayers of the ancestors who may have crossed over and are in in the in the hell states or the two dimensional states, um, and it also allows for you to it also allows for you to take care of their needs and their wants because in actuality they pray to us. We pray to the creator, we pray to the gods, and as a result, there's sort of like this hierarchy. So are you taking ownership of the things that you need to be doing? Are you taking ownership of that? Because if you don't do it, then there is more suffering in the world as a result of it. One of the things that has happened recently in within the the spiritual community that I'm a part of is that for I think a couple of days a few days back like last week 
there the temperatures here or it's about two weeks ago, but the temperatures here in in this area about the Baltimore area it was scorching hot, but then it was scorching hot all across the U.S. and all across the globe for that matter. And one of the reasons for this is is because there are this, these disagreeable beings who do not necessarily want to see the advancement of humanity and they want to keep you under their control. And as a result of that, they are doing things that would cause um, death and destruction to human beings and several species on the planet. Um, in the next few years, you may, you may or may not, depending upon what, uh, what those who are responsible can do um, or will do, and they, they could counteract the, all of the all of the death and destruction. But there was recently a post by Dr. Gibson where he had said that you know we needed to get on our you know, we needed to be consistent with the spiritual practice that would be allow for us to cool the planet, and that that we had to work as a collective in order to do it. So I reached out. To, I in I will preface this in saying that the particular seminar that he went that that he shared this uh, information at, I did not actually attend, so I was not I you know I figured that the responsibility would have been on those people who actually attended, but as spiritual community as most spiritual communities there are people who fall away there are new people who come in who just don't know and then there are those who actually do the work and the amount of people who were actually doing the work um had fallen off significantly in fact one of the leaders of the group um that was responsible for being on the call responsible for handling the call dropped off and was no longer a part of the community. And I thought to myself when I heard about that, I was like, well, I reached out to the individual who who decided to maintain the group and I asked for the sigils and I you know, um, after starting the sigils, I wasn't able to start right away, but I started like they started, they're doing three days a week of where they do the collective calls. And then we ourselves actually do the practices um, as a part of the practices with the sigils and the prayers along with the sigils during the week um, without the group. But three times during the week, we come together as a collective. And I thought to myself, um, after after finding out about this and calling uh, uh, and contacting the person who was in the lead group for making this happen, I was like, well, what if the creator that created this world decided that I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to provide oxygen today. I'm just going to let the trees die or I'm not going to wake up all of the people in the world and just, you know, and decided to just just wash his hands 
of the whole experience, what would happen? What if God himself, the creator, were to decide to not take ownership and let everything fall apart? Like, and and then in that moment, I came with, it came to me in blaring clarity that it is necessary for me to be consistent with my spiritual practice, be consistent with what it is that I am responsible for so that I can end the suffering in this domain. That is a huge responsibility, a huge responsibility that I have been given. And there are just some of us that are just falling by the wayside and deciding not to do it because we get caught up in our stuff. But we really, really, when you take ownership of your godhood, when you, if you are to truly be calling yourself a god or goddess, or the the physical incarnation thereof, then how is it, what is it that a god does? A god, goddess, will take responsibility and be consistent with that responsibility. Consistency is the key. Continual mastery is the key because to truly be the embodiment of the creator, of the divine, you've got to take responsibility for your stuff and you need to be consistent, especially here on this 3D world where we are constantly seeing like the contrast of of going down the path of light or going down the path of darkness. It is a choice. And your choices and your choices of whether or not you take responsibility for the stuff that is your stuff to do is making a decision of whether or not to go down the path of light or to go down the path of darkness. There is no in-between. To be in between means to be asleep. And chances are, if you're listening to me, you're not asleep. So, you've got to be in a place of knowing that to truly embody, because this seems to be a thing now where people are looking, calling themselves kings and queens, gods and goddesses. Again, kings and queens take responsibility. Gods and goddesses take responsibility and take care of the stuff that they're supposed to take care of. If you find yourself that you are weak in one area, then what you do is you work on it until you master it. You you take master you you work and work until you master it, until you own it, until it is yours. 
so that you can do it with grace and with ease and with passion and with divine love. So I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break and I will be right back. you um, a story 
that I had heard, and I'm, you know, it, and it's been told a number of times before. But there was uh, years ago when Bob Marley was still alive, and he talked about having uh, a ministry of love. So he had this idea that it was uh, that he believed that he could cure racism and hate and literally cure it by injecting music and love into people's lives. And then one day he was scheduled to perform at a peace concert, and a gunman came to his house and shot him down. And two later, he walked out on stage and sang, and somebody asked him why. He said, the people who were trying to make this world worse are not taking a day off, so how can I? So he, what he wanted to do is to light up the darkness. So that is an example of taking ownership of your godhood. I can't imagine, you know, what that type of consistency is like in terms of, you know, getting uh, getting up on stage to do a performance so that you can continue sending out the vibrations of love. But understand this. When you are taking ownership of your godhood, that there are adversarial forces that are interested in you not doing anything, that they are consistent and ongoing with what it is that they do in order to increase the vibration of darkness on this planet. They're very organized, they're rich, and they are interested in keeping this world under its thumb. Taking ownership of your godhood means doing consistently what it is that you need to do to bring more light into this world. And you have to be nearly as, you have to be consistent or more consistent than those that would persist in keeping the world in darkness. So you got to own that. And may perhaps some of the people who are listening to me now are probably feeling really inept in their humanness. And I will say that that is something that I work through on a daily basis. But with consistent spiritual practice, there is a sort of a firming up um, and a breaking through of the light within you 
when you are consistent about your practice, with your consistent with the love that you are putting out in the world. When you are consistent with it, it it eventually becomes easier and easier and easier. And the gods, the creators, the 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 essence and energy of them all all reside within you. You are the universe. You are the universe. And as a result of you being the universe, that all of that strength to overcome that feeling of human ineptness is already within you. Now, for me, I think the moment that I had made the decision was probably right around this time last year. And I had watched a webinar called um, The Order of the Green Dragon, which is one of the which is the name of one of the dark orders. And as a result of it, what I, what I discovered was that the that this particular dark order um, and I've talked about this uh, a number of times before, but I think that for me at the time, it was just the level of pettiness that I just did not understand, but the the that they were interested in keeping humans uh, enslaved uh, mentally and spiritually, that in essence, that the that the aspects of ourselves that are like the Superman and our favorite superheroes had been, you know, disconnected within us. And as a result, uh, as a result of that, they wanted to use us for our own purposes. So the main interest in these dark order is to keep us poor and keep us under control and under their thumb and to use the energy of our negativity so that they can feed off of the energy of the negativity. These are mortal beings that do this. I, my personal feeling is that if I was an immortal, I had a much better th- much better thing to do with my time than to be messing around with some Husans. But hey, you know, that's their thing. And I recall one of the reasons that was given for why they are so annoyed and angry with human beings is because they want to eat us. They want us to lay down and they want to eat us. And our ancestors, for the most part, were far smarter than we were, were far more connected to nature than we were, and far more into their powers than we are now. And we, at one time, at one point, had control of this matrix that we actually exist in. And we had battled 
these beings and, you know, battled them and battled them. And, and as a result of the battle, we lost. And there was sort of like a rewiping, wiping of our memories and our minds, a de-evolution that has taken place. And because of this de-evolution, we don't remember who it is that we really are. All of the advanced spiritual texts, like the Green Tablet, you know, speak on this. There are many ancient texts that speak on this type of thing. And when I saw the video that they wanted us to just roll over and let us uh, let ourselves be eaten by them, I think, I, you know, I was just like, you know what? I need to get on the ball. But even as I said that, it's even as I felt that that resistance or that distaste rise up within me, I also felt this sense of, like, you know, I, you know, all of this time I have been so unaware um, and that I had really worked on my spiritual practices the very basics of the very prayers that I've talked about that people should memorize on here, I had not even started. And I just, uh, there was this sense of like, wow, okay, um, to learn the prayer, I, I had learned parts of them, but I hadn't learned all of them. So I started doggedly remembering or saying the prayers over and over again, um, what the Yusnis of Jayadarani, saying it 21 times and and learning it and saying the Anapakoa, the it's recommended seven times, but I'd say it 10. But saying those prayers on a daily basis and learning those prayers. And... I can tell you, family, that for the most part, I think in the year's time in which I learned how to say those prayers, I think I only can count on one hand the number of days that I've actually missed saying the prayers. And it's not so much that I've missed it as much as I miss the amount of repetition. So on those days when I don't do the full 21 for the Yusnisa and the the 10 for the Anabakoa, I will do three and three. And as a result of me continually doing that particular spiritual practice of re- repeating the prayers, what I began sensing was this more assuredness and this more of the groundedness of of my inner strength that is building up within me, with all this, the spiritual power that is being gained within me. And as I as I got more assured, there were aspects of the uh, practice that I actually added on to the spiritual practice. 
my spiritual practice for the most part I think takes approximately one hour. I've never really counted it, but it does take a certain amount of time and it takes a certain amount of commitment. And even if I fall short on starting it in the morning, at some point during the day, I actually follow through with the practice because it is so much a part of of my being that I feel a little naked when I don't do it. And as a result of it, um, what I have found is that I'm getting more and more directives from my higher self on what it is that is required of me and what is it that I'm supposed to be doing next. When you show a level of consistency, the more responsibility that is placed on your shoulders. I no longer want to be in a place of being enslaved and necessarily trapped in this 3D paradigm because there are better places than there are here. Sometimes I do look around at the world and I am sort of in this kind of continuous state of prayer because there's a great deal of suffering. There's a lot of tomfoolery. But my mind is, the the energy of my mind is a valuable commodity. So I look to focus in on the life that I would like to create and teaching others to create that. That's the reason for, one of the reasons for doing this show. So, family, take ownership of your godhood. Do what it is that the Spirit is leading you to do. Be consistent with your prayers. Because even if you don't necessarily learn, even if you don't necessarily learn the divine world prayers that I've talked about, All of it counts. All of it counts. Just know that when you learn the divine world prayers, it releases more of the power within you. It releases more of your soul power within you to do, to be able to shoulder the responsibilities that come along with your Godhood. So I think that's going to be it for tonight. I give thanks that you have decided to join me. And a little later this week, uh, my husband and I will be doing One Love, One Connection, One Us. So stay tuned. And But just know that I love you. I bless you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. And know that wherever you are, God is.